Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast with Shraddha and Rupert, um, where we discuss our passion subjects, Unpacking the Organization. Unpacking Organizations, the Practitioner's Podcast. Sponsored by OrgView. See tomorrow's business today. So the real question today is to matrix or not to matrix? How do we matrix? <laughs> Should we matrix? What is a matrix? And uh, this is something that comes up over and over again. And like so many topics in org design, there's a pendulum. We need solid lines and clarity. We need multiple because we're trying to solve the functional and the platform or the skill set and the project. And people constantly get their um, knickers in a twist. So Shraddha, what's your view to matrix or not to matrix? Hello, everybody. Well, this is a million dollar question. If I can answer that, that would be awesome, isn't it? Uh, it definitely is a pendulum swing. And I think, um, in my opinion, it's important to understand the philosophy of the organization first before starting to understand the before starting to crave for the clarity that how many reporting lines one should have and whether there should be one solid, three dotted, or three solid and several dotted and whatnot. And I think it's important to understand that why do we even think about all these lines of reporting before we start to get there? And so the first question I usually ask is that why do we even need this matrix organization? Because and I think Rupert, you and I have spoken about it, that we do not work in a linear organization anymore, that we have one bosses and we work for just one stakeholder. And then that boss determines that whether we are good or not. Today's knowledge organizations are matrixed, are super complex, require us to work with multiple stakeholders. Many a times our boss don't even know what we are working on. And, um, they just need to rely on the either feedback from the system or the outcomes that we are producing in order to figure out that how we are performing and how we are capable. And so it is very difficult to understand that, um, do we really need to have a matrix organization? I think it's important to understand that what is our philosophy when it comes to um, evaluating people on performance? when it comes to evaluating people on their competencies and potential and to help them grow in their careers. And so what are those philosophies do we have? And based on that, where should the, where should their house be? Like where should they belong? Should a person from a function totally belong into a business because they're supporting the business or should they belong into the function because they're going to, develop their expertise in that function and grow in that function. And I think that is the most important discussion or question to have because every organization may think about it differently and there's no right and wrong answer, right? So that is how I think about it, but definitely, definitely a complex discussion overall. What are your thoughts, Rupert? I, I think there's, a, there's an issue with the org chart. People love to see an org chart. And the org chart traditionally draws one solid line. 
But we know in the majority of at least knowledge workers, the majority of work nowadays, I um, am not just working for one person. I'm working for, as you said, multiple stakeholders. And so there is always multiple lines. And so the question is, how many lines do you really want to draw? And how much value do you get from drawing extra lines? If I, if I take a case study um, of, uh, and I hope she doesn't mind me doing this, but my wife, she, she works um, in, in, a, in a fairly large organization uh, and she reports into the CFO. And, but she works with the president of the organization a lot. She works with the head of um, business development. So she's working on with the COO a lot. So lots of different, very senior stakeholders. She's informing her line manager, the CFO. But um, when the CFO comes to evaluating her performance, two questions. What are you really evaluating? Are you evaluating the output, the outcomes, or the competencies? Two different things. And to make that judgment, if it's a solid, you still need the opinion of these other stakeholders because you don't see it all if you're doing a good job. Now, do you need to draw that in a line to formalize it, or do you just need to have good common sense management where when you're doing a review, you're getting those views into the discussion so you can help someone improve their competence and get better outcomes? Um, I, I see it a lot in the world of agile, uh, often in tech firms, you'll have um, very strong functional expertise like UX, UI, uh, software development, front end. those are very, very strong functional areas of expertise. And they get grouped together into agile teams to develop some sort of output. And so the outcome that's produced is judged by the agile manager, the scrum manager, or however that's. But then the skill set, the home is, say, the UX team. And in that environment, it's just helpful to draw two lines. One is for competence and one is for outcome. And, and, and really, it's, it's, it's rather than saying solid and dotted, it's saying, what are these lines for? This line is for managing the output and the day-to-day -day work. This line is for managing the competence and the skills and the career. And I think that's to your point about philosophy. What are we trying to optimize? And in reality, one boss can't optimize someone's work entirely. Um, if I go back to my wife, my wife's a lawyer. Um, so her legal skills, and she does still lots of drafting and things like that, she has to get that, that expertise elsewhere. Now, she can't actually get it from her organization because of the sort of expertise she has, but she has to get it from somewhere. So that just needs to be recognized as well, is that often the manager, if it's the, say, the solid line, where the solid line is, say, the output, not the competence area, won't have the expertise and, and the competence to be able to coach and, and, and help someone with their career. So you have to find that elsewhere no matter what. So I, I kind of feel we have to get over ourselves. I kind of feel this is one of those discussions where the pendulum swings everywhere because we're trying to optimize something on a piece of paper, which is drawing lines. If you really want to, with technology nowadays, you can just draw the graph, draw a node with all the multiple lines and see it as a network. And I know it's very popular to think of the organization as a network anyway, 
and it's a set of teams and it's fluid. But I, I would also ask, what is the value of actually drawing that? How is it going to help us? Because I draw, it's a little bit like the um, racy model. Do I really need to say who I consult and inform? I should know that myself. Do I really need to map out from an org design perspective all the different interactions of everyone? What am I going to do with that data? Or am I going into analysis paralysis? So I, th- and- I think the yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sorry. And I feel that that data sh- in a good organization should be constantly chain- changing. So that's yeah. a dynamic organization. And we are trying to keep it static uh, by just drawing lines because then we take away that essence of dynamism of it, right? Like it's constantly changing. Those networks should be constantly changing as you're working. So that's another yeah. aspect of it, which I... Yeah. And, and that's where the really agile teams important. actually come in really, um, right. which I, I did I write about in, in my OPNA book, where one person can actually be in multiple different positions at the same time because I'm in different agile right. teams. So go back, if I'm in UX, I could be 30%, 30%, 30%, three different teams where I'm in doing, because they don't need a dedicated UX person. So then I've got three different bosses because I've got three different agile team that I'm working in and that's actually clear on a piece of paper just the person has moved around those three different positions um and then I might have another person who is my line manager who's managing me for my competence and that's the ongoing solid line so our our need uh to draw simple pictures sometimes gets in the way of wanting to draw too complex and sometimes you just don't need to draw all the complexity or you can do it through other ways by the connection of people to positions. Um, I think, you know, matrix to matrix or not to matrix, it's, you are matrixed. So just accept it like the world's matrixed. Um, I love that the first movie in 1999 when it came out, we live in a matrix and that's just the modern way of working. And that's just here to stay. Um, for the vast majority of cases. I mean, there are, there are scenarios where that's not true, right? I'm working in um, where I'm doing really transactional work and my man, I've got a, a team leader looking after me and it's, it's very clear. So obviously there are instances where you, you're not matrixed, but majority of knowledge workers, et cetera, are matrixed. And uh, I think in, embrace it, learn. You're learning from multiple people. That's got to be good. Um, your ability to deal with ambiguity, I think, is is important. There is ambiguity. Our job as practitioners in org design, we can't take away all ambiguity. We can just we're building a model of reality. We're not designing reality. It's too complicated. Absolutely. And if we take away that ambiguity, that clarity is also just a point in time. It does not then allow for the dynamism of the changes that continuously just happen in the organization. So that's another point. Uh, That's great. So, Rupert, what is your one takeaway from to be matrix or not matrix? Embrace the matrix. Don't overanalyze the matrix. Don't let a drawing get in the way of, of, um, or don't let simplicity get over the way of a good story in the, in the sense you you can draw solid lines and accept that the world isn't solid, you know, that there are multiple reporting lines, but you've still got a, a primary 
person you go to. It's that's all fine. And um, and so with that, deal with the matrix and deal with the ambiguity that comes with it. Love it. And yours, Shada, what's well, your takeaway? My takeaway is that like identify the solid line first. Like understand what is your philosophy of who is going to take care of a talent. Like just simple as that. Like if you have a talent and if you want somebody to take care of their performance, their succession, their career, who would that person be? And once you identify that, ask the question that why do you need all the other dotted lines to be specified in as many words as possible? Why is the need for having so much of clarity around it and to capture that in a system and to run reports out of it and things like that? Why is that need? And perhaps you would find yourself in a better place if you're able to talk about these questions first rather than jumping into that now our organization is matrixed. Love it. Shreda, thanks so much. As always, it's been Thank a pleasure. Thank you, Rupert. Likewise. Onwards, yes. <laughs>